Boom. There we go, ladies and gents. It's my favorite day of the week, SHIT. So oh, happy it's Thursday. Thursday. Let's do this thing. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful day in San Diego, and it's time to bring the heat. Here it comes. All right, all you business pros out there. Before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review and help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in the podcast rankings. We will sincerely appreciate it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we would love to have you on and learn from you as well. Go Oh, go to www.businessbros.biz slash podcast guest and schedule your time slot. Don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're so excited, so honored to bring yet another incredible guest on the Business Road Business Bros Pod. Man, I'm all mixed up today. <laughs> it's the right. one thirty. It's because it's a one thirty. Anyway, our guest today is a twenty year veteran and CEO of one of the top rated mortgage brokerages in the industry. A graduate of UC Santa Barbara, our guest works hard to stay on the cutting edge of mortgage product and alternative loan options, providing top notch service and earning his team a nearly perfect lending tree score through his team's incomparable service and as a testament to his expertise our guest has expanded to get this eight branches throughout southern california orange county and hawaii our guest is also passionate about helping others whether he's volunteering to feed the homeless in orange county creating his own foundation to benefit underprivileged neighborhoods and work to solve the poverty epidemic in, Cal in america or helping people achieve their dreams of home ownership he lives to serve and improve the lives of those around him Joining us today from eMortgage Capital, Inc., right here in sunny Southern California, welcome to the show, Joseph Shalab. Love that Western show, Joseph. Nice, nice. Thank you. Love the intro. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much. Uh, Glad to be on your show today. Thanks for uh, having us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, actually, I uh, wanted to correct you on the intro. We're, no, we are a broker and we are also uh, what, what you would consider a banker as well. So we do also provide uh, the direct lending services. But yeah, thank you for the introduction. Oh, thanks. Uh, look, uh, look forward to some of the questions and uh, glad I could be on your show, guys. Well, let's start off with that one. What is the difference between having just the brokerage and being a, a lending partner like that? What, why, why the separation between the two? Well, as a broker, we're able to go to hundreds of different bank options. And, and as a banker, we're able to facilitate the funding in-house. So both of them have their needs and uh, having the, the flexibility of both options is really what differentiates our model from pretty much most of the companies out there. Because uh, even though, like you had mentioned uh, earlier, that we have eight brick and mortar locations, our model is actually uh, 
more of a franchise system and we actually have 200 net branches uh, that are actively participating in our, in our model now. So, so the beauty of our, our system is the hybrid of uh, a broker and a banker platform. So, uh, but basically brokering enables us to go to hundreds of different bank options uh, where let's say a low credit score or something, we can't fund it in house. And then banking, we could fund it in house. We could fund it 24 seven. We could fund it on a weekend. We're not limited to like a federal reserve cutoff and all the funders are here in house uh, on the actual uh, operations premises here. So I just, I just finished watching, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Glenn Stearns on uh, Undercover Billionaire. Uh, oh, nice. and he talked about building a mortgage company from zero to a multi-billion dollar company. You look like you're on the on a very similar path. Can you take me back to when you got started? How do you how do you go from you know just starting out in the industry to having over 200 different franchises and eight brick and mortar companies? Uh, well, I started in 2002. I started working for a, a lo another mortgage broker and. What really has kind of brought me to where I am now is just uh, to be frank with you, the first company I worked for in 2002, um, it was a mortgage broker back then uh, that name had a bad name um, for many reasons, probably because of the reason I'm going to explain to you right now, but that broker ended up burning me on several commissions. Then I went to a different company and kind of the same thing happened. It was like two or three companies later. Then I just realized I just I can't believe this industry has so many people that, that are this, of this kind of moral turpitude, you know, moral cal moral caliber, just in line with how I do business. So it, it kind of drove me, or I would say, forced me to start my own company. And when I started my company, I'm a guy that's like you know heavy into uh, the Coptic Orthodox Christian faith. It's an ancient Egyptian Christian faith. I'm actually Egyptian, even though I look like I'm I'm white, but uh, but we as a people, an ancient Egyptian people, descendants of the, the like the last living descendants of the pharaohs, right? Um, we're very heavy into our Christian roots. So we, we take it a little bit more extreme because that's kind of what identifies us in Egypt. You're like, there's no color. It's Muslim, it's Christian. So like you're Christian, it's like that's like your, your persona per se. But anyway, but I bring that into how I do my business and um, back then, the mortgage industry was more uh, what we would call uh, like the Wild West. The it was like a rodeo. People didn't have licenses and, you know, there wasn't heavy regulations. So that's why we, we fell into the, the crash of 2008, highly attributed to what happened in the, the great mortgage collapse. But, uh, but I started in 2002 and then in 2007, I started my own mortgage company and then the crash happened and then we, 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 uh, we switched our mortgage company to offering different mortgage services at the time. And then, uh, and then uh, in 2012, I took an executive position at a banker. Uh, and then in 2015, uh, we started eMortgage Capital. And uh, what happened in 2008 w was like, there, there was the branch system really worked in 2008, but then in the, when the crash happened, you know, that system you know, basically stopped and I brought back or, or reinvigorated that model that already existed in 2008. So I brought it back in 2008, from 2008 to 2015. So fast forward seven years later, it was like I created a whole new system. People were like, oh, you could just branch. You don't have to start your own company and, and, and kind of absorb all the overhead of a, of a big mortgage company. You could just basically piggyback on an existing company and its platform. And I took that model 
And what I did different, what's really basically enabled us to capture a lot of the, uh, the market share now was that I wanted to charge as little as possible. And my goal was that was from a mentor of mine. He told me, listen, don't charge, you know, look for market share. So, uh, so I, I, I took that ideology. I wanted market share and I subsidized it by my own production. So I've always been one of the top producers in the country. I've always been able to generate a lot of business. So I kept generating tons of business and in our business, you know, these guys are making tons of money. You know, you, we have branches here. We, we can, I don't know factually if this is for sure true, but I can honestly say we've made more millionaires than most companies in the country uh, because we've made about three dozen millionaires. So it's pretty hard for, for a company to say I've made one millionaire, two million, but we've made dozens and dozens of millionaires in 2020. So, um, you know, our top gal, our top people made, you know, four or five million dollars that worked Let, here. At the let's hover on that for a second. Because you Damn! Yeah, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's what <laughs> So you, you were talking about as you as you were growing, you were subsidizing with your own production and you've always been a very strong producer. <clears throat> um what were you doing to to legion i mean you know everybody has their strategy that they go out uh you, what we're talking about here is a pre-covid time anyway so you had the ability to network and, and talk to people but how were you going out and generating those leads and establishing those, those relationships what was well do you have any like secret sauce stuff that you were doing or what was your your habits that got you in a position where you can maintain that kind of level of productivity so I've been a marketer since 2000, since I got in the business, I've always been from like the call center mentality. Um, I used to own a marketing company in 2007, 2008, and that I've always had a marketing mentality. So a lot of it is attributed. A lot of my success is attributed to the ability to generate leads. I'm a really good marketer, whether it's digital or analog, I'm all over it. I'm in every state I'm in, I'm on, Facebook, social, every social media, I'm on every uh, every type of platform. But what I'm also very good at is the analog. And we, we're going really, really heavy with our company. We're going to be heavily investing in a mail house. And we just hired our head of analog, thank God, yesterday. Um, we finally have someone to really run our analog department. I really want to invest in a lot of uh, mail machines and go very, very big and start sending, you know, hundreds of thousands of direct mail pieces a day internally. So we, we just took it upon ourselves to invest, you know, six or well over six figures in just like machines. And, and my, my next thing now is like, I want to go, I was looking at commercial real estate and looking at commercial warehouses. And I really want to invest heavy in a, in a mail house for, uh, to, to fuel, the mortgage originators that work here at eMortgage Capital, because for me, now we're at this level, now we have tons of market share. For me, I am going 10x on technology and I'm going 10x on resources for the branches. I want to make more people rich. I want to make more people successful. I might want to make more people wealthy through our model. And I'm going heavy on the initiatives for eMortgage Capital in terms of helping the technology, helping them grow, helping them uh, facilitate more business. And I still, till this day, I stay on the front lines as the top originator in this company. I still try to drive in business. I still try to drive in traffic. I still try to create a marketing playbook for every branch so they're successful. We don't leave them hanging. And I know the tech stack that you need to really, really monetize your database 
and how to generate new business altogether, whether you're searching for realtors or whether you're going at pure refi or whether you're going after specific campaigns like, you know, cash out or low credit or whatever it is. I have really like targeted solutions, but for me to tell you like one specific way uh, where we, I market 50 ways and I continue to market and I continue to add and innovate and strategize and figure out the best strategies. But a lot of it, a lot of what I do is heavy on the technology that we use here. A lot of AI, I created a 52 touch automated system where I talk to a, a client one time and boom, he's communicated to by me 52 other times without me ever having to talk to the client ever again. So my goal is to just talk to a client one time and fund the loan through the automated process that I've created. That's a, that's super impressive because, well, two things. One, you're going heavy on the technology base, but you also said you're going into direct mail. That's kind of a, almost sounds like a contradiction, a contradiction that, right? I know it, it absolutely does. And the reality is that, uh, you know, you need to be seen everywhere. Like uh, I just created a, a new department within our company. Um, uh, so it's a digital strategy department. And they were like, they want to create another Instagram for our recruiting page. And I was like, why do I do that? Well, you know, we got our e-mortgage capital Instagram. Let's uh, let's have a recruiting Instagram and you're in more places at the same time. And then just like, I was like, yeah, obviously I'm in more places at the same time. That's what I, you know, I need as many different uh, places I can be at the same time because that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to digitize everything I'm doing. I'm trying to be in as many places as possible at the same time. So, uh, so, so the, uh, the digital strategy strategies that we're creating, you know, are continuing to grow and our direct mail efforts, believe it or not, convert higher yields for, for us because they drive in a direct consumer call for us. Let, let me ask you this. You've, you've created a lot of digital, a lot of e direct mail, a lot of different ways to touch clients. Have you all 100% every single one of your efforts have been focused simply on the mortgage or do you have any ancillary products that you're going to via you know insurance via real estate via any other aspect that you can generate revenue from those particular clients you know i have some of my branches that like invest in other business models and it's like i would love to like you know start a superfood company or something but the reality is I do one thing, I do it well, I do mortgages, one to four units, you know, uh, refis and purchases. But even that, I don't, you know, I don't even really touch purchase myself as an originator. Um, my other branches do, but, uh, but me and my career has always been focused personally on refis and purchases for my, my personal friends and family and myself. Um, but uh, to long story short, we basically only do mortgage loans. Now, will we open our product offerings to commercial financing or, you know, pre-COVID, uh, we were offering uh, we were offering the uh, alternative money products or the bank statement products or, you know, the non or private money products. Um, but we everything that we do is going to be encumbered by real estate, period. I mean, mortgage and maybe if we expand our footprint. It might include commercial real estate, you know, in 2022. 
Well, let me pick your brain for a little bit because James and I own an insurance agency and we're trying to develop a program to kind of help out uh, mortgage producers to kind of add insurance into that business. I'm just curious from your mindset, like if an insurance agent came in and, and asked you to partner, what are the things that you uh, you or any mortgage profession, professional would even look for? Or what are their biggest needs and values that we can bring to the table to make that partnership even viable? So I'll give you an example of what I did with uh, – uh, I have a relationship with someone at Farmers. And I would call him. I'm like, I got to make this deal work. The insurance is 90 bucks. It needs to go down to 50 to qualify for the loan. And he's like, I can't do 50. Well, bump up the deductible to 20 grand, make it $50, you know? So, yeah. but it's the speed of getting the, the number that the loan agent needs. How fast can you make it happen? And if you could provide value where it's like a digitized solution where I can get like a, a new insurance uh, demand quickly, then it would provide value to the loan agent. Now, frankly, many insurance people are are soliciting mortgage agents all the time. And it's hard to kind of break that barrier. So you have to come up with something new. Like, listen, I know you've been pitched a million times, but you know, you, you need to break a barrier where you can provide like a digitized system where I can have a quote to you in your hands to save your loan. Because your your goal is to flip the script, think backwards. And, and bring the value to the loan officer. That so makes right sense. Off the bat, they want to make more money. If you're not providing value on that phone call, they don't want to talk to you. So show them that you're going to make them money by providing them the insurance demand within 10 seconds so you could save the loan because it's about to die and it's at docs and you just made them an extra 10 grand. Um, but show them that it could be done quickly and then you could probably break the barrier. Because right now the problem is the time. Yeah, you know, I send the demand to someone or, you know, give me a quote and let me search and get them on the phone. And, you know, almost like if it's a do it for you service, it'd even be better. Like if you could create an automated system where we could just pull it ourselves. Yeah, yeah, the certificate of insurance or whatever, any any of that stuff, speed and efficiency always dominates. I I, I believe that. So my my pitch to the my pitch to the uh, to the mortgage professional is always the same. It's it's basically we want to make you more money. So we're you guys are really good at prospecting and lead generation, but not every mortgage professional has such a dominating uh, person or, or company behind them for that lead generation. So our pitch is always uh, um, helping them to generate more leads uh, via refer via uh, setting up reviews and helping them create their online presence. Uh, and then on the flip side is we track and monitor all the business that they send over and offer them the option to become dual licensed and earn additional revenue. So we're trying to do both sides of that lead generate for them to have more loan business and on the flip side catch for long-term uh long-term wealth yeah i mean that strategy is effective you just have to make sure that uh you know if you could create a campaign that shows more revenue and make it easier um and i don't know how much you put into your technology but we're big on tech and, and as mortgage professionals continue to grow in this space they're going to, you better be big on tech because you're going to get left behind if you're not. And the company that cracks this code that kind of takes my philosophy is going to be the one that wins. Yeah. And, I, I, I'm starting to lean towards that. Uh, yeah. I'm seeing that more and more. I mean, you, you've, uh, as, as a I'm company, tech demos a day. 
you know, of something. And I got a whole tech department. My, my, my guy in our digital strategy department came to me and he's like, man, you got to slow down on all the demos and it start to, we need to roll some, we need to start implementing some of these strategies into all this new technology that you're rolling out because I'm all, you're, I'm throwing too much at them, you know? So, but if you're not doing something to continue to propel your, your innovations in your space, uh, you know, this, every business sector will continue to move as technology continues to infiltrate the different, uh, you know, divisions. Um, you know, we got a bunch of different divisions. Everybody's trying to get their piece in the market share, their, their market share in, in the mortgage space, in that specific niche. Like for instance, whether it's nurturing a lead, whether it's, uh, calling a lead, whether it's the dialer, whether it's, you know, there's like a thousand different subdivisions related to technology in mortgage specifically the only mortgage there's like a thousand different divisions and guess what insurance is much bigger we're like this small compared to insurance mortgage is this small compared to how big insurance is so i don't even want to begin to fathom how many divisions and how much technology there is in insurance alone Oh, dude. Yeah, it's it's huge. I mean, the different products alone are going to open you up to so many different things. So if, yeah. if there are mortgage professionals out there trying to decide where they're going to go work, uh, what's the pitch that you give them to make them come over to you to show them that this is an opportunity to take advantage of? Okay, so that's a great question. And that basically uh, is a, a good segue. So our system, hands down, where it comes to compensation and our platform is superior than any other mortgage broker or banker platform in the system in, in the market currently. And here's why um, we offer a hybrid broker banker model, meaning you could broker and bank and where we are different where we're disrupting the whole mortgage banking industry is that we offer wholesale rate sheets and you could bank the loans. This is crazy. People are like, what did you just say to me? We offer wholesale rates and you can bank the loans, meaning there is no pad on the pricing. Pricing is what you see. It's raw. It's published. Everybody, we all share the same interest rates. So whatever rate is available, you could take it as a broker. You could take it as a banker. The reason why doing it as a banker is superior is because several reasons, but you know, you don't disclose what your yield spread, you have control of the loan estimate. Uh, you have control of who you pick as an appraisal manager. You have control of the funding process. So banking alone creates an ideal sales strategy. Being able to broker and bank the loan uh, enables you to have uh, the flexibility that you need so you can basically go into any marketplace. Um, now, why we're superior is because you could broker and bank with Notepad. We offer a, a huge technology, tons of resources. We have tons of AI. We have a, an amazing playbook and uh, soups and nuts. We are basically the most aggressively paying out. We pay out more than anybody else. So our comm structure is the most aggressive in existence currently in comparison to any of our, any of our competitors. So, uh, so we basically took our competitors models and, uh, and put them on steroids, you know, by adding um, the, the whole hybrid banking system without padding the pricing. People are like, how do you do that? How do you not pad pricing? Why would you bank loans, take all that extra liability and not pad it? Well, because we're a volume play. We took, we went from doing 700 million in 2019. In 2020, we closed $4 billion. Like that's, you know, 
2% of the nation's market share, right? So we almost 10 X our volume. We actually went up almost, we actually went up uh, 592% from 2019 to 2020, 592% growth in one calendar year is unheard of. And the profits went up and, and everything went up. And now we're able to negotiate with all our vendors, all, all the lenders, all, all the different uh, parties involved in the transaction. We can mitigate costs for a powerhouse in the industry. We're number one ranked at, at you know Quicken Wholesale. We're number three ranked at United Wholesale. We're number five ranked in, for PennyMac. We're, we're ranked so high for all these top investors and we're able to get better execution as a result of this. Man, just just being able to to have the numbers that you are. If you can think back to when you were getting screwed out of commissions back in in your in your early on, like how, did you envision where you are today, or what were some of those progressive steps and hurdles where you were like, "Nah, this is gonna get better." No, I'm gonna modify this and get better. Like you know, where you are today compared to where you started. Take me back a little bit. You know what what fueled you through those obstacles. So here's what I look at, and this is something that actually just happened to me the other day. Every time a door closes on me, someone tries to maliciously hurt me, like people that would like intentionally take away you know, all your hard work for months. Every time someone really, really kicked me down, you know, the Lord has opened it up for me 10x, 20x. He just says, the door closes and a huge door opens. Not just a little door, a huge door. And it's not just you get kicked down. You get kicked, you get back up 10 times stronger every single time. I'll give you an example. What just happened to me 48 hours ago, we had a, a, a one. So this is what encouraged me to open our our, our our analog department. We had a direct mail consultant coming into our mail house in our office in Santa Ana. And he basically wanted to control our business as a consultant. Well, that's not how I work. We have over 450 people that work for the company. We rely on every single department and nobody can be, it can never be a department of one. So this person, you know, want to play hardball. He, uh, he saw that we were, we were starting to invest more and more machines and we were at adding more uh, permits, et cetera. And all of a sudden he just revolted and decided not to show up. Well, what happened was Henry and, and, and didn't want to want to work with us because he wanted to control every part of the process. Well, we can't do that. We're a company and, uh, him as a consultant trying to like hold us by the balls we we say right he literally held us by the balls um and then he ended up you know executing on what he knew he had the ability to do which was intentionally hurt our company and when you know you're in a position to intentionally hurt someone but you don't and, and you actually exercise that you know that just shows me a huge character flaw that that is a vindictive person you never want to work with that person and it basically put my vision of starting a marketing department, an analog marketing department on hyperdrive. This person closed the door. He hurt me. But what ended up happening was I'm going to start a huge mail company as a result. I'm going to be doing 100 times more business as a result of him hurting me. And, I, and now, and I told people, I said, wow, that happened to me the other day. And it was the best thing that happened in my life. Someone intentionally hurting me was one of the best things. Then it just showed me. Now it's like, I want people to hurt me. I want I want you to intentionally try to hurt me. You know why? Because what's going to happen is I'm going to come out bigger, better, stronger on the other side. I'm going to, I'm going to prevail. I'm going to overcome that issue. And uh, God's going to bless me 10x, 100x. 
That's uh, one, that, that, that's a great mindset to have. You know, there's a lot of people today that are so soft that the world is attacking them, that they're worried about how people perceive them. They're worried about a brand, a label. Very few people are looking in the mirror and saying, I can take control of what the situation is. I can make a difference in my life and I'm going to make it happen. There's very few people. What, what do you attribute that kind of mindset to? Is it like the, you were born that way? Did you have certain situations in life that shaped you? Did you listen to, you know, read podcasts or books or whatever? How do you, what do you attribute to your mindset maintaining the strength like that when you get punched in the face? I attribute that to wisdom. That is what, you know, King David prayed for. He didn't pray for money. He didn't pray for all the wealth in the world. He didn't pray for a genie in a bottle. He prayed for wisdom, you know, because as I continue to, to be put into a position of greater and greater leadership, and I, you know, it is the most terrifying thing to be the CEO of a big company and have, you know, 450 families that rely on you, and you don't know, like, why you're in this position. You know, it's like, how am I going to lead all these people? Where do I get this? And, you know, wisdom only comes from above. There's only, but, and, and you, I, I just pray for that wisdom all the time. And I, I do what everybody else does. I try, I try to read. I try to listen to podcasts. I try to, you know, exercise. I exercise every day. I, you know, I spend my time with my kids. I, I do things that always are mindful of my humanity and, you know, you know, I got three kids. My wife's pregnant with the fourth. With our fourth, you know, you try to spend time with family. I take the kids fishing, and you know, we 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 uh, we do a lot of things that, that that try to make you mindful. You know, everything that what the the gimmicks of mindful eating, the gimmicks of you know uh, a life coach. I, I buy into all of it, but the the most important thing that has held me and stabilized my life is a life of prayer and wisdom and seeking wisdom and uh, asking God for wisdom at all times. It's the only place where I know that it's not from me. It's from above, even where I am in my position now as a leader, it's from above and I'm not worthy of it. And I have to sustain that. And I'm indebted to the man above as a result of it. So I have to always work to improve and help others and help, you know, society move along and progress because, you know, it's not, nothing is ours and everything is fleeting. And I had a conversation with a friend, a, a mentor of mine who, who you know, ha owns a very, very big business now. And, uh, uh, you know, he's probably 10 times just, you know, going through like a you know, almost publicly traded. Right. And uh, he uh, he was blessed with knowing how fleeting life is when he was 10 years old. He got cancer. He overcame it. What happened was. He was given so much wisdom because he realized that life is so fleeting that, you know, he became this, you know, he's been able to implement that mindset as a CEO of a big company. When you know that, you know, you've got to serve the people, this this stuff is fleeting. This All the money in the world that you get, it, it goes. So the legacy is the most important thing. The legacy that I leave in this world, the legacy that I have, the experience that I have for the people, that's the goal. That's the vision for the company. 
Man, Joe, you are literally changing lives out there. You're helping people with their biggest purchasing decision of, of most of their lives. You're helping the professionals that work in your space to to become successful and attain a level of success that they didn't think was possible. And you're, you're reaping the rewards of how much value you're bringing to those around you. I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show. And uh, my, my last question, what was your experience like on the Business Bros podcast? Hey, this was a great experience. Um, I have a, this is the first time I actually started to set up these podcast uh, interviews, and uh, this this is great. You know, kind of uh, got the marbles out of my mouth. Let me know what what I can expect the the future experiences to be as I kind of do this road show that our PR team put together for me. But it's been great. Um, you know, we intend to continue to expand our footprint. If you guys want you know, a greater opportunity, you want to make a seven figure income. I mean, I have the playbook to make millionaires and I've made three dozen millionaires last year. I want to make, I want to double that for 2021. I want to quadruple that by 2025. I want you guys to join me in that vision. So uh, we're on the road for 10 billion this year and uh, you know, it's going to take all of us to make it happen. Thank you, Joe, very much for being on the show. Ladies and gents, make sure you guys follow Joe at eMortgage Capital on his social media. And if you want more information, go to his website. It's eMortgageCapital.com. Joe, thank you again for coming on the show, my friend. Thank you, sir. God bless you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all we got for you guys today. We'll see you again manana. Peace. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the Business Bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the Insurance Bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.